Let's pray. Heavenly Father, be with us now as we come and sit under your word. As we receive from you, make us holy by your truth. For this your word is truth. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Before I mention about Danny Deckchair, and uh, if you were old enough to know the movie, it's a crazy movie, but there's actually a true story. I don't know if you've heard about Larry Walters. Larry Walters was a man who always wanted to fly, to ascend. And at the age of 33, he got his chance. On July 2nd, 1982, Larry tied 42 helium-filled balloons to a lawn chair in the backyard of his girlfriend's place in San Pedro, California. He did this. With the help of his ground crew, Larry then secured himself into the lawn chair, which was anchored to the bumper of a mate's car by two nylon tethers. And because this is a true story, he took with him many supplies that he would need for the day, including a pallet gun, or they call it a BB gun in America, to shoot out the balloons when he was ready to come back down. His goal was to get some like 200 metres, which is pretty high, 200 metres up in the air and just float around there for a little while and then shoot out the balloons and slowly descend back down. Well, things didn't quite work out for Larry. After his crew purposely cut the first tether, the second also snapped, which shot Larry into the LA sky like a cannon at over 300 metres per minute, up, up and away. So fast was his ascent that he lost his glasses And he climbed, not to 200 metres, he climbed to 5,000 metres or 16,000 feet for several hours. It's cold up there too. It's cold up there. For several hours he drifted in the cold air near the LA and Long Beach airports and it was was first a TWA pilot who first spotted Larry and radioed the tower that he was passing a guy in a lawn chair at 16,000 with a gun on his lap. And so Larry started shooting out a few balloons, but accidentally dropped the gun. Not what you want, is it? Not what you want. And they had, they had helicopters up there, uh, all kinds of emergency. The police were all over the ground. And he eventually he did. He landed in, uh, in a Long Beach neighbourhood and uh, came down through power lines and got all entangled up in the power lines. But he actually survived and uh, he was uninjured. What an ascension. Soon after he was safely grounded, he was charged by the police of course and then uh, as you would imagine the media were there ready to get the story. Three questions they asked him. Captain Obvious, were you scared? Yeah, 16,000 feet, I was scared. Would you do it again? No. Why did you do it, Larry? Why did you do it? Because, he said, you can't just sit there. Because you can't just sit there. There's a Chinese proverb that says, a journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. But to make that step means you can't just sit there. Life is an adventure. Life is about taking risks. Not that I want to see you all floating up above cans in your outdoor settings. Don't do that, please. But we all do take all kinds of risks every day. 
Life is about continuing to step out of our comfort zones and to have a go, to be fully alive. That's what resurrection is all about. Resurrection is about new life, life lived in the promises and in the forgiveness of God. Jesus didn't die and rise again, leaving his disciples without a common purpose. We have been called as a community of God's people to shine the light of Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit in our homes and wherever God has placed us in this life. So I want to ask you this morning, are you alive with the breath of God animating you? Wow, let me ask you again. Are you alive with the breath of God animating you? Yes, good. Does the joy of the resurrection pulse through your veins with vitality and purpose? Good. Do you see your life as another day, another adventure? Or have you settled for something less? Ah, I'm glad you're not stuck going through the motions. That's good. Alright, let's hear again the angel's question to the disciples at the ascension of Jesus. They said, why do you stand looking up to heaven? The disciples had just heard Jesus say, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Jesus issues a commission so huge it was global and then he's gone, taken up and hidden from their sight leaving them to gaze off into the sky. It had been a wild 40 days for these disciples, from the lows of the Good Friday nightmare to the highs of resurrection appearances and no doubt these people would have been basking in those moments, remembering and talking about everything that had taken place and wanting it to continue and last forever. Then suddenly two men in white robes stood by them, interrupting their special moment. Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up toward heaven? Or to paraphrase using Larry Walter's comment, you can't just stand there. What do you think you're doing? Get going. You've got your commission. There's work to be done. There's life to be experienced. You've been blessed, so go. You can't just sit there. The temptation for the disciples was to gaze at the heavens and wait for the second coming and forget their calling. But today remember that Jesus left. Jesus ascended so that the story could continue. He knew that he was leaving. He knew who they were. The 11 with a pretty ordinary track record who were very human and very imperfect people. The resurrection didn't make them super people. They had no wings, even the angels made sure that their feet were firmly on the ground. But they're now a people who had this great purpose, a people who were called to live his story, letting the power of God's spirit continue to write the pages of his story through their lives, no matter how inadequate they felt for the task. Jesus didn't suffer and die so that you can just sit there. He suffered and died, was resurrected and ascended so that you could live life, embrace life, celebrate life and share life. Yeah, it's good to stand on the mountaintop peaks of Easter and talk about all the great things that Jesus has done for us, but it's also time for action. It's time for us as a church and individuals to stop gazing into heaven and be the people God has called us to be. 
It's an exciting commission. And that picks up the behaviours we talked about last week. Can you remember them, the faith five? Do you remember any of them? Share, read, talk, pray, bless. And man, I've heard of some people doing some sharing, talking, reading, praying and blessing over this past week. In fact, I found someone had been in the church sanctuary yesterday cleaning up and I found faith five things put in all the little places where I go. There's one here in the pulpit uh, uh, blessing me as I preach today. There was one over on the altar for praying. There was one on the lectern for reading the scriptures. There's one on my computer for sharing. Love it. Very, very good. It's about witnessing in our context and it's about living out the commission we've received from our ascended Lord starting in our homes and allowing the transforming power of the gospel to ripple out into the lives of those around us. We are witnesses to Jesus, Jesus who revealed God's glory and reign through his ministry on earth and now now we get to hold hands across the generations with apostles and disciples who saw and heard Jesus in the towns of Galilee and Jerusalem. Through them we know the gospel that sets people free. We learned of the compassion of God, opening the door again to the outcast, embracing the lost son, listening to the woman's cries, taking the children and blessing them. The God who didn't withdraw, the God who never says enough, the God who offers forgiveness and reconciliation to the least loved and the least lovable. We are the witnesses of our Saviour who suffered death for us on the cross and we are witnesses of his resurrection. We are witnesses of that vision in Acts of Jesus ascending up into heaven. We're commissioned by the ascended Jesus who comes to you and me today inviting us and commissioning us to go out from here and tell his story, to be his witnesses in the place that God has called us. That means you are part of the greatest call ever issued. There is no greater call than the one set by Jesus Christ in the first century. Go into all the world and proclaim the good news to everyone, everywhere. We call it the Great Commission and we are honoured to be a part of it. If God has ascended into heaven, if he's called us to participate in his gospel ministry, if he's called us, he'll protect us, He'll watch over us and you can guarantee that he's also gifted you with everything that you need to fill out the commission that you've received. You heard Jesus praying for his disciples in the gospel lesson today. Jesus prayed all the time. He prayed all the time and he's still praying for you right now. The ascension means that Jesus is at the right hand of God, the place of power and authority and the place where the Bible says he lives to intercede for us, to pray for us. Right now, I mean right now, Jesus is praying for you at the right hand of the Father. He's praying for your protection today as you live in the promises of his death and resurrection. He's praying that as people we wouldn't be divided, that we wouldn't be fighting each other, but that we would be one, just as Jesus and the Father are one, united with a common purpose to glorify God. Right now, Jesus is praying for your joy He's not praying for your happiness because happiness can be fleeting when times or trouble hit. But you can have a deep-seated joy even in the midst of trials and temptations. 
Jesus is praying for your joy. Jesus is praying for your protection from Satan and evil spirits. So he's praying that the power of your baptism would be at work in your life today. Satan hates nothing more than seeing people living in the new resurrection life we've received and walking boldly in the commission that we've been commissioned to do. And so Jesus is praying for our protection now. He's praying for your holiness when he says, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. Jesus is praying for your time in his word and for the holiness you receive as you read it. Jesus is praying for our witness amongst our friends and our family and the people we encounter through our week. Now, the amazing thing about this is that you may not even know who you're going to encounter and speak to this week. You don't know who's going to come across your path, but Jesus does. He knows and he's already prayed for them and he's prayed for you and he's prayed for the encounter that you're going to have with them. Jesus is praying also that you will eventually be where he is in the presence of the glory of God, in the visible manifestation of God's presence, to rejoice in him and with him. He longs to be with you. Let that be a comfort. Jesus longs to be with you and to have time with you. And Jesus promises to continually reveal and make himself known to you so that we would know the depth of God's love personally in our lives and that that would overflow and flow out to others. That's what worship is about, resting in God's presence and being filled and equipped for whatever you're about to face this week that you don't know about but that God already knows about and he's filling you up so that you've got what you need. So as we live in the power of his spirit and as we creatively tell people of the life and of the hope and of the forgiveness that's freely available in Jesus' name, we go with confidence We go knowing that Jesus is present with us in unique and mysterious ways. We go knowing that Jesus is praying for us. We go in the confidence of what Jesus has secured for us through the work of the cross. We go with the commissioning and the promise of Jesus that it doesn't depend on us but on what he has already done. We just have the privilege of being involved. That is your purpose, friends. That is your calling. So are you ready for an adventure living his story through your life? Over 2,000 years ago, Jesus issued a standing invitation, follow me. That invitation hasn't changed. When you live for his purposes, you never know where you're going to end up. So will you be a part of living his story? Will you be a part of sharing his story where God has placed you in your life? May the Spirit of Christ fill you with the fullness of his power, his love and his hope so that you may have the courage because it takes courage to take that next step of faith. In Jesus' name, Amen.